Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey CJ Wesley. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a real treat for you tonight. With uncertain times throwing all kinds of confusion and unconfidence into the markets, everyone's starting to sharpen up their resumes and get ready to either hedge the risk of being let go or pursuing new opportunities. So we went out and found one of the best resources in the staffing industry, a name you're probably already familiar with. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle, Mr. Congeniality, Carson. Welcome to the show. Uh, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Robert and Corey. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Glad to have you here. Pleasure's ours. So we're going to do three rounds of everybody asking everybody else questions. So strap in and we'll start off with question one. Kyle, what got you started in the ServiceNow space? That's a great question and a bit of a funny one. So when I got started in the recruiting business, I interviewed with my former employer and I was selected to be on the ServiceNow team completely randomly. There was no real thought into it and the way that, that it's done, if there's an opening on that team, you're put on that team. So I was selected for the ServiceNow team. I had absolutely no idea what it was. I did not understand it. To be honest, it was tough at the beginning. I'm not a very technical guy, so it was really tough for me to wrap my head around what the value proposition of ServiceNow was and what made a strong candidate in the ecosystem. So what I really relied on was candidates like Corey and yourself at the time, Robert, to teach me about ServiceNow and, and they passed along a certain passion that I was able to pick up and I really fell in love with it and the community. And it's been great ever since and the community has been great to me as well. It's interesting for me to hear that you've uh, kind of got thrown into this thing, cold turkey, basically, you know, with not a whole lot of technical knowledge and into one of the more technical parts of IT that you can kind of land in and have done so well. So, um, yeah, kudos to you for that. I think that's really impressive. Absolutely. Well, the, the real kudos is, is the guys like you that took the time. There's a couple other people out there, especially that took the time with me and would answer my call. <laughs> that was the biggest thing. I mean, when I would get something I didn't understand, I'm sure I've called Corey a couple of times for something, you know, and I'd, I'd get real answers in real time. And I think that helped me more than anything else was I had almost direct access to some of the top minds in ServiceNow. And I don't know why or how I got that access so early, but I was just kind of lucky that way. And I tried to take full advantage of it and just soak up as much of the knowledge as I could. Yeah. I mean, I credit a lot of that to your demeanor. When we talked, you were just a, a good, earnest type of guy, right? There are different types of recruiters. There are some that are like all bravado, there are some that are really just kind of like you, like really earnest and really, like Robert said, Mr. Congeniality, right? Like, so when we get on the phone together, you know, it's really a good conversation. And so the conversation kind of, you know, trended all over the place, but, you know, ultimately it was, we exchanged some good knowledge. And so you have a, a hidden talent there that you're just not really aware of yet. Thank you for that, Corey. <laughs> all right. Yeah, no worries. Kyle, let me ask you uh, my question, number one, right? We're going to get right into it here with the nitty gritty. How important are certifications to your customers? I love that question because there's two answers to it. 
yes, my customers definitely care about certifications and some of my customers require certifications. Now, I'm sure as some of you guys know, there's some projects that are coming around now, especially in the partner space where when they bring on an outside resource, especially from a third party, they're requiring that person to be certified. It's something that's happening more and more in the business. The easy answer is it's very important to some clients because, you know, sometimes it's either the certification or a no-go. And that's just the sad reality sometimes. On the other side of the coin, I have some customers where certifications are not as important. And the most important thing is experience. They're looking for someone that's been in the trenches. And so it's a tough question, but the two answers I would say are some customers, it's a, you need the certification or you can't work on the project. It's, you know, that's how it is. And the other side is you can't replace experience. So which is your favorite to work with? My favorite to work with is a company that just wants the experience. And that's because I can go out and find the experience. It's really tough for me to go out and find someone because these companies that are looking for the certifications, they're not just looking for the certifications. So don't let me get that confused for anyone. It's someone with the experience, but also felt the need to go and get that certification. It's really tough when you have one of those projects where they require a certification. I'd much rather work with a company that's looking for the in-depth experience. And, you know, I, I think that's a lot of what I was looking to hear, you know, just kind of the differences between customers and what they're at, what they're after and how certifications are playing in the current market. Question for you guys. What's the top skill you look for in a candidate outside of ServiceNow skills? So the top skill that I look for, and I look for a lot of like soft skills, right? Soft skills is my, that's my jam. I feel like bring a lot of soft skills to the, to the table. That's what really helps me with my clients, right? Helps me really deliver the value that they're looking for, making sure that they get out of project with me, things that they don't get out of with other people. All of that aside, the thing that I look for in a, in a candidate that's not a ServiceNow technical skill is problem solving ability. I need someone who can think outside of the box, who can look at a problem from all different angles and find the solution to it, whether that's a, a standard solution or something that might be a little bit more innovative. So I need someone who can really solve a problem. Amen. Amen. Amen is right. Thank yeah. you, Robert. What about you, Robert? What do you think? It probably won't surprise anybody, but the top skill I look for outside of ServiceNow experience is storytelling capability at all levels, in all roles, not just for architects. There is no role in ServiceNow that doesn't go better with a significant storytelling skill. Could be that you're the lowest level admin and you're working against like a bad architect, a bad BA, and God bless them. I don't want to say a bad requirement, but a requirement that's expressed only in the world that that customer knows. And so they might be expressing something to you that it makes sense in their world, but it doesn't make sense from a good architecture perspective. So you could be the lowest rung on the totem pole, but it's still up to you to make sure the best outcomes happen. And getting people to see your worldview requires excellent storytelling capability. Luckily, you can tell it right from the start. So I get 11 pages of resume that's just the same tech buzzwords stated over and over and over and over again. That person's not a good storyteller. I don't even look. If I get a two-page resume and they're not talking about responsibilities they've held, they're expressing in terms of wins instead of responsibilities, that gets me going. I will take storytelling over almost everything else. Yeah. Okay. okay. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Shall we proceed to round two? Yes, we can. <laughs> round two. <laughs> round two. Fight. Let's do it. Edit. Let me know. Two. Fight. <laughs> 
Kyle, a lot of people would agree with us when we say your reputation transcends average person in the staffing industry. And we say that unapologetically. What do you think you're doing differently than your peers? Great question. And thank you. First of all, I mean, again, it's really high praise coming from both of you guys. And I think this is an easy question for me to answer. I find what I do differently is I put my candidates first. I try to build my strongest relationships with candidates as opposed to a lot of other people I think in the industry that are more on the client side. I tend to have really strong relationships with candidates, which leads me to then be able to deliver for my clients and have great relationships on that end as well. But I put such a hyper focus on candidate satisfaction and making sure I'm always there for them for any questions and and anything like that. And building that relationship has, again, allowed me, you know, direct access if I ever need help to some of these architects and and senior developers and even administrators out there that that have helped me along the way. So I think the focus that I put in my candidates and with my candidates on that side of things definitely sets me apart. Wow. I think that's awesome. It sounds like a, uh, a very people first perspective and, and one where you're building loyalty. I mean, loyalty is a very Absolutely. powerful thing, right? If you're loyal to me, I'm loyal to you. And I think that's so important, especially my new position at Oscar Technology. One of my biggest focuses is cutting back and getting consultants paid more. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to debate over five, $10. I know what these consultants, especially these ServiceNow architects need to be paid. So when we get back into the ServiceNow space come December, you know, we're going to make sure that consultants are paid what they need to be paid. And I, I think it's going to be really great for the community in general. Oh man, I, I got a segue on this one right here, man. So first of all, that's awesome to hear. Love to hear that you're going to pay people like me more because we're certainly worth it. And then the next thing I want to say is oh, charge more. Oh my God, charge more. There's this race to the bottom and th- this race to the bottom helps no one, especially the client. No one. If no you one. are trying no to one. pay $60 an hour for a resource, you're going to get a resource that's worth precisely $15 an hour. And that, right. that project right. is going exactly. to die on the vine. It is going to die and it's going to die hard. It's not even going to be a, a smooth, soft failure, right? This is going to be a woke up, wake up in the morning. I wonder if I still got a job, <laughs> if I signed off on this project death. <laughs> actually, Cora, I think it leads into your second question, doesn't it? It does. It, it does actually lead into my second question. Do your customers care more about the bottom line or a successful project? Which there's our segue. Another great question. My clients care more about the success of the project. And that is because I have explained to them exactly what we just spoke about. And that's if you want to pay $60 an hour for a ServiceNow resource, you are going to get someone that doesn't even know what ServiceNow is. You're going to get me when Absolutely. I start in the ServiceNow staffing space. So <laughs> my clients you know, and the, and the people that I'm looking to work with care more about the success of the project, but I would say it's still a battle and we're still working to raise that bar so we can pay the consultants what they need to be paid and keep shining that light. We keep saying can't pay bottom dollar prices for ServiceNow resources, the race to the bottom. Like you said, it's not helpful for anyone. Absolutely. Great answer. Yeah. I like that answer. But thank you, Corey. And I've got a question for you. Yes, and go for it. This one is rather specific to you, Corey, and, and anybody that listens to the podcast knows all about Tech Boy and, and what you're working on. But as a tech partner, I'm curious what tech you've got going on and if you can give us any bit of a hint uh, 
to what's coming down the pipeline. Yeah, just go ahead and put me on the spot there. Why don't you? <laughs> well, like most developers, I got a little bit of ADHD when it comes down to a product out the door. I am currently working on a couple of different things. Uh, one of those is around the Active Directory space, and that's kind of a still of a passion. I've got a, a long uh, career in IT preceded me before I got into the ServiceNow space. IT and Windows networking and whole enterprise space there is still a passion of mine. So I'm working on something in that space that I think is going to be really cool. As it gets a little closer and I'm ready to kind of do some piloting, I'll, I'll be a bit more specific on that. But I think it's going to deliver tremendous amounts of value and really kind of change the way that people look at Active Directory and the ServiceNow space, hopefully, and maybe even broader than that. Um, I really think that we look at IT tools in a very specific and narrow perspective, and we leave a lot of value on the table because of it. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to when I get this thing a lot closer to uh, release, something fun that I'm actually working on on the side and I'm doing for myself is really uh, what I call like a life management program. And so I'm building that inside of ServiceNow, which is really cool. So for a lot of folks who don't know, my mom uh, is, is a bit ill at the moment. So, you know, I'm managing my house, I'm managing her house and I'm running a business. There's a lot of things that kind of go into all of that and building out some tools to help me with that in service now to kind of keep everything in order and uh, make managing my life a little bit easier. And ServiceNow is a great platform for that, actually. Hey, Corey, did you know that Vivid Charts is, a, is available on private dev instances now? Robert, it's funny you should mention <laughs> I did not. I did not know that. And I expect an email. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you hooked up, brother. We'll get you hooked up. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Great question, Kyle. I appreciate that. I think I speak for a lot of people when we say uh, we can't wait. And, you know, as soon as it's released, you know, get it out there and let's get it shared to the whole community. I mean, I, I think it's going to be awesome. I think we're at round three now, Robert. Um, I think it might be your turn. Round three, final round. All right, Kyle. How do you know when you've got a great candidate? Another great, you guys have got some great questions for me. How do I know when I have a great candidate? Aside from ServiceNow skills, I know I have a great candidate when I can communicate with that candidate very effectively. Communication is 100% key for me, especially when working with a new candidate or working on a new role for a client. What I look for first is communication. Is that person going to be available if I need them? Because honestly, clients will have questions and they seem to always need answers when they need answers, right? It's always great when I can, I can have a candidate where we can have open communication. If they have questions, I'm available. If I have questions, they're available. And I know that they're as, as committed to finding a role as I am committed to helping them find a role. It's a two-way street. And, you know, I, I really think communication is the most important part. Amen to that. And for anyone out there, if you are looking for a role right now and you're working with a recruiter, if you're getting a ton of emails from them, that means they are very interested in you and they're ready to work for you. So use that energy that they have and communicate with them and, and use that to as much of an advantage as you can in this market today, because there's a lot of recruiters out there that will really go to work for you. So communicate effectively and think you'll really start to see some doors open up. Man, I'm telling you, that communication thing, there are so many people who don't really have that skill set or you haven't developed it. But you know, like communication is so key. It's probably one of the, the top, if not the top attributes that you need to have, especially if you're in the situation where you're trying to find your own work, not being able to, to, to talk and, and communicate effectively to you know, someone like you, Kyle. And then if you get me a, a gig, right, to then the, communicate with the client 
to ensure that they're getting out of me what they want. And, and you know, that relationship is uh, working like as it should be. That communication is everything. It really is everything. I don't know how to say it any clearer, but it's so important. I mean, use, use these recruiters that are reaching out to you guys effectively, get the communication going and I think you'll really start to see some results. So that leads me to my third question, Kyle. You know, with everything going on in the world today, especially around this virus that's really kind of taken a hold of the U.S. Um, specifically, but the world at large as well, how have you seen COVID impact your work and the ServiceNow recruiting industry as a whole? Great question. Great question. And something I think for any recruiters listening, you know, this might be, you know, really valuable for you as well. And COVID has definitely taken a hit on the recruiting industry. So just be really open and transparent about that. As I'm sure you guys know, budgets are getting a little tighter for companies, especially around recruiting specifically. But what I would say has not taken as much of a hit as people think is ServiceNow hiring. Now, companies are still hiring. They are still bringing on contractors. They're still bringing on full-time. Now, it's not as much as before COVID, but I don't think anyone would expect it to be. But yeah, there's still a demand out there for ServiceNow professionals. Companies are leaning on ServiceNow more than ever. The companies I was speaking with were seeing three to four times the volume through their help desk, through their ServiceNow tickets. Companies are really leaning on ServiceNow at this time, and they're still looking for skilled professionals. ServiceNow hiring still booming, in my opinion. ServiceNow recruiting is a bit tougher and don't have established relationships. And, you know, I could, I could see it being really difficult right now. So I think that's a, a really great perspective on the current state of the, of the industry. I will say that I don't feel like my phone is ringing as much as it used to since March, maybe. It hasn't stopped, thankfully, which is always a good thing. But definitely, I'd say January, February-ish, like I, I had serious nibbles once a week at least. And now those are a lot harder to come by. There has to be some people out there struggling and hoping that they, you know, that things turn around for them really soon. Absolutely. And and don't get me wrong, this is definitely a tough time for a lot of people in the industry. Things are tough, like you just said. It leads back to what I said earlier. If you can find either a recruiter or yourself, go out there and look for people in the community. But the best part about the ServiceNow community is the community. Right. Everybody's looking to help each other. Right. So I really encourage people out there, if you're experiencing any troubles with looking for a job due to covid I really encourage you to reach out to others in the community and uh, ask for help because the community will help. Actually, on that topic, Kyle and I are doing resume reviews. Uh, check LinkedIn on either of our profiles. There are some preconditions, but if you're looking to sharpen that up, uh, Kyle and I are here to help. That's right. And I'm, I'm the broker here. $20,000 a resume. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> All right, Kyle. Round three. Final question is yours. I have the pleasure of asking the final question, and that is, is CSM the godsend McDermott is promising? So I remember back at, at I mean, we even have a podcast on this, right, Corey, about sales kickoff? Yeah, we did that SKO interview, with, which was yeah, awesome. Right. And, and I'll you, tell you, Bill McDermott can talk service now in a business sense way better than Fred Luddy ever could. Right. And I, I make no apologies for saying that. And his idea how big this can get was shocking even to me, but also filled me with a sense of confidence. CSM is what I always wanted after tasting what ServiceNow could do. 
it was always an uphill battle because like ServiceNow was planted in ITSM. And for those of you of us way at the beginning, ITSM was the only show ITSM and custom apps. But I kept on wondering, like, what about all these companies whose customers are everybody, 8 billion of us? There's companies like that all over the place. And how do you bridge the gap between like, I have a problem with my doodad or my widget or my shoes. How do I get a workflow from that? And I always thought that's where ServiceNow would hit a true scale. And I think Bill McDermott sees that. It's the, the, it's the connection between like, you'll only get so big being the internal support. The external support, which is what CSM is built to contend with, is the only game in town at scale. You want to talk about like hundreds of thousands of ServiceNow users? Talk about a million ServiceNow users. Hundreds of millions of ServiceNow users. The only way to get that is to start saying like, okay, like if Nike wants to talk to you about your shoes, why can't they do that on ServiceNow? It, it's, got, it's got to hit total mainstream. It can't just be, you know, big companies, internal supports. And CSM is the only way to bridge that gap. So yes, it has the potential to be the godsend that McDermott is promising. I think that's a an, an amazing take on that. One that I hadn't even, have not even considered from the perspective of making CSM the gateways for everyone else to interface with ServiceNow. From my perspective, I was thinking about it from a money angle. To me, everything comes down to money when you're dealing in this space. And there's just a cohort reality in the business world that IT does not have any money and the business does. Now that is changing, right? As more things become reliant on IT, I mean, businesses are essentially, you know, IT now plus product innovation or line of business innovation. When you want to sell something that costs a lot of money, you don't approach IT, you approach the line of business. CSM is the gateway to the line of business, right? That is a um, support for actually generating revenue for businesses. So if you want to take a product that is worth a lot of money that gives that returns a lot of value like ServiceNow and you want to actually get the value out of it, you want to sell it into an area of the business that has the money to pay for that. And CSM can be sold to practically any part of the business, including IT, and you can generate the, the top line revenue growth that you're, that you're looking for. So that's my perspective on it. And, and from that perspective, you know, I think is definitely going to be promising because ServiceNow has, uh, has a lot of, uh, of incentive to throw a lot of, uh, put a lot of weight behind this and really dive into it and, and kind of blow the market out. And plus, there aren't very many CSM products that I can think of that have the, the name recognition of a ServiceNow. It's like, what, Zendesk or something like that. Those are kind of more on the lower end side. But ServiceNow comes in, it's like the 500-pound gorilla in that industry automatically. They're going to get meetings. They're going to get some real good name recognition and some momentum. And so we'll, we'll see where it goes. Okay. So we have some time left. It is bonus round. Hey, Kyle, what's one thing you wish more of your candidates understood? That is a very good question. One thing that I wish my candidates would understand maybe a little bit more is I only can do so much at certain points. If I give hardline requirements for something, and, you know, I've expressed the client has made it very clear. This is a necessity for this project. I become very limited. And, you know, there are some, some candidates in the industry can get frustrated with that, I think. 
And again, it just comes back to communication. I try to be as clear and transparent as possible from the very beginning. So client requirements, I guess, would be the short answer and a really long-winded answer. <laughs> How often do you, as a recruiter, push back on your client and say that this project or this way of doing something is unreasonable and you need to re you need to rethink it if you want it to be successful. I would say I push back on nearly every job qualification call that I take from a client. And I say that because a client when he first gets on the phone with me thinks I'm going to be able to find him exactly what he's looking for, right? And that's whatever he or she has dreamt up in their head, um, you know, someone on site in Alaska with 12 years of experience. So and, that'd, and that'd be me. I'd go to Alaska in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, well, yeah, you might be the only one. So next time I, I have a need, I'm going to give you a call. Like I said, you know, I push back very often. And I think that's more because I consider myself a consultant, not just a recruiter. So I want to consult these clients to succeed. You know, I want to get them over the finish line. I want to get them the talent that they need and the talent that I know can get the job done. So if a client's being unreasonable, I've definitely become quite comfortable. And, you know, I kind of know the dance a little bit more now than when I started of, of how to tackle that situation and, and get them to understand what's reasonable and, and what can be expected. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. From my perspective as the um, architect, it's really good to hear that there is someone, you know, doing some consulting around the client experience before it gets to me. And it all comes back to my hyper focus on, on the ServiceNow candidate side. I really want to put their needs first and I don't want to make anybody that I'm looking to get to leave a job to make their life difficult. You know, that that's not my end goal. My My end goal is to make their life as easy as possible and, you know, for the client to succeed. So, my real job is is kind of that marriage in between and and making sure that the best outcomes come from uh from the placement all right bonus round question for me is robert haven't spoken to you in a little while what's going on and what's new with vivid charts vivid charts continues to go well we keep on pushing the narrative of you know presenting to that stakeholder layer and automating all the manual reasons why people take data out of the ServiceNow platform and put it into other tools. And so really focusing on solving those reasons so that data can stay on the platform and stay reliable and stay secure. We are just about ready to release our new release, which will feature PDF exports of our narratives. So think about what would PowerPoint look like in ServiceNow and being able to export that to one PDF but also being able to export that to, to PowerPoint, uh, which is kind of fun. It's also going to include uh, other features where you can do multiple charts on a single timeline and also a feature whereby if you've done all the labor in ServiceNow already, building reports that you love, converting those reports into Vivid Charts charts. Yeah, we're really excited. It just continues to grow. Our customers love us. You know, we're constantly finding new use cases for them and, and they're just so happy to adopt. Um, anybody out there who wants to talk major incident management, please reach out to me. We are very much looking uh, for people to talk to about major incident management and the kind of reporting concerns that come along with it that aren't being met already. Thanks for the question, by the way, Kyle. That was a great handoff. Appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs>
That was a great answer, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay, folks, we are at 45 minutes of recording time, so we're going to see what we can do in the editing department so you don't have to spend all day listening. As always, I am Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. And big ups to our special guest, Kyle, Mr. Congeniality Carson. Thanks so much for joining us, Kyle. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kyle. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And for anybody looking for any IT recruiting, you can reach me at Oscar Technology. So that'll do it. Take care and uh, good night. See you guys. I appreciate you having me on. All right, bye-bye.